So what we do is we call it healing and sealing the gut. We, we have to remove inflammatory foods. Um, that's things like processed sugar, gluten, dairy. Then we put in different nutrients, amino acids, things that can heal probiotics, prebiotics that can heal the gut. But if we don't take away those inflammatory foods, it's like putting gasoline on a fire we're trying to put out. (laughs) It's just keeping, you get stuck in this inflamed situation. And yeah, if you're not pooping, you're not healing. Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Dr. Wards, it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. I'm super excited. Um, This Actually, what we're covering today was from one of my patients was actually one of the major questions if we could cover on the podcast. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to dive into it. Awesome. Okay. So we are talking about constipation and children. So why are children constipated? So first of all, poop is one of my favorite subjects. Um, I think it's one of the most important things in your, in your health. And I say this probably 10 times a day in the office. If you're not sleeping, pooping and hydrated, you can't heal. Like those three things are so foundational so much so that my six-year-old at the time she was two knew the Bristol stool chart. (laughs) If you don't know what the Bristol stool chart is, I really, I encourage you to go look it up and, and she would come and tell me, mommy, it was a three or a four. And I'm like, good job. And if it wasn't, I would say, okay, let's, let's, let's go look at your stool and let's figure out why. So I really think this is a miss that children don't know about good bowel movements. And we are seeing constipation so much. And honestly, I think it comes down to two things, diet and stress. Um, I say all the time, you can't rest and digest when you're in fight or flight. And I do think that children and, and, uh, you know, maybe not my two-year-old as much, right. But she's six now, but children in school, they're, they're under so much stress, social media, you know, watching technology. And I really think that affects their digestion, but a lot of it, I think comes down to diet, right. The standard American sad diet. Unfortunately, we're just not eating whole foods. Like we should be that help the bowels move things that are packaged with preservatives and food dyes. We can't digest that properly. So what does it do? It sits in our bowels and and that affects a whole slew of things that I'd love to get into brain chemistry with the bowel leaky gut, leaky brain with children, because I think that is an epidemic a hundred percent. We'll definitely get into that. Let's like touch on diet really quick. So you said the standard American diet or sad. So um, let's just start earlier. Let's start with formula because, um, what are the problems that we see with formula? Oh, that's a tough, I mean, that's a tough one because I would say 90% of the formula on the market is full of preservatives. It's soy protein, which can be hard to digest. And, And also cow dairy can be hard to digest for these little tiny guts, taking it back even a step deeper is I think some of these babies come into the world with a compromised gut lining because mom's gut lining was so compromised going into the pregnancy. So when they're supposed to be forming their microvilli and all the, I say the microvilli, like little fingers in the gut and all the good prebiotics and probiotics, 
they might not even be able to take from mom right away because mom's compromised. That's, that's, that's so deep into the beginning of it that that could matter. And then, yeah, definitely breast milk helps form immunity antibodies right in the body, but also I believe it helps the gut lining and, you know, not everybody can breastfeed. So that sometimes is a miss. And, and I recommend either making your own homemade for, formula. There's a really great formula by the Weston price foundation that I love a homemade formula or the best one I've seen people do well with, unfortunately, some of it's hard to get into in the U S is goat or sheep milk based because we're the big picture of that is we're smaller animals than cows. So our enzymes are different and smaller. So we, and we're closer in size to sheep or goat, still not the same species, obviously, but we can break that milk down the protein, the casein in that a little better than cow's milk. I really think cow's milk for children is very inflammatory and it, yeah. And it can cause constipation so quickly. I mean, we, we also um, practice chiropractic and acupuncture in our clinic. So we have little babies that come in with colic all the time and constipation. And I think it's the formula often and reflex and, and adjustments can help the nerves focus and, and work a little bit better with that. But oftentimes it's like, yeah, you can't buy the, the, the cheap stuff over the counter because it's, it's the, the baby can't digest it. And it's, and it's hard. It's hard to make a homemade formula. There is a formula on the market that I like better called Cabrita and it's an infant. They have an infant now and a toddler and it's um, Cabrita is Spanish for baby goat. So it's goat focused and you can find that at whole foods. The other one I like is Holly H O L L E E. You have to get that overseas. You have to get it. I think from Sweden, we, we tried that with our daughter when she was about a year and we were weaning her and, um, she did. Okay. She did better with the Cabrita, which was more convenient. So absolutely. I think formula can be not only harsh and you can't digest it, but I also think it could, especially if the baby has soy or doubt dairy intolerances, and they just don't know it can be damaging to the gut lining. And that's really setting them up for failure with digestion going forward. Absolutely. I a hundred percent, a lot of information there, hundred <laughs> percent agree. And that's what I generally see. I see exactly what you see. I think, um, that's well said, well said. So now we fast forward to a little bit older, we're into solid foods and, and whatnot. And so you just incorporate all these foods into your your child's diet. And then suddenly, ta-da, we have constipation. What is going on there? Yeah. So, so even taking it to infancy, definitely adding one food at a time is important. I think, because if there is going to be a food intolerance, we need to know what that is. And that's hard to do. And that's time consuming as a mom, right? Like we just want to give them everything off our plate, but really I think that's important. And then when you get into age, you know, three, four, five, stay away from anything packaged. Like it's just not going to be good for the baby and the child. So we see everything. We see everything from moms come in and you know, the baby's constipated. They're not pooping for three, four, five days. The analogy I like to use for that is, okay, what did you have for dinner last night? Let's put that on your counter in your home and hike your heat up to 98.6 degrees core body temperature. What is that food going to do overnight the next day into the third day? It's going to ferment. It's going to rot. That's happening in your child's gut if they're not pooping. And I have a lot of tips and tricks and things we need to do to get them pooping until we can heal the gut, which is a possibly a whole nother conversation, but hopefully we'll touch a little bit on gut healing, but that's, that's, that's one thought. Um, the other is I've, I've sat down with moms in my clinic. I'm like, okay, take me through a day of food. 
what, you know, what are you feeding the child? And she's like, okay, well for breakfast, we're having pop tarts, but they're not, they're not the frosted ones. So they're much healthier, you know? And, and so this is where we're starting. And, and I'm like, okay. Um, you know, for lunch, you know, it's, it's a lunchable or a sandwich with crackers and, you know, a lot of dairy, just things that we as humans aren't built to break down. We're not built to break down processed foods that have preservatives and chemicals and things. And so we have to take a step back and say, where's the fruits and vegetables? Where's the, the protein, you know, shopping a, a big one. I like to say is shopping on the perimeter of the grocery store, because everything in the aisle is going to be packaged and it's going to have some sort of, even if it's organic, right. Or even if it's gluten-free, that's a big, big one. I would love to talk about because in order to make the gluten-free cookies and crackers taste good, there's often a lot of sugar and other things because they got to sell it. Right. So you have to be careful with that just because it says something like gluten-free or organic doesn't mean it's healthy. All of those things in the aisles have to have some sort of preservative to sit on the shelf, to have a shelf life. And our bodies just are not made, whether you believe in creation or evolution, like we're just not made to break that stuff down. And we're giving it to our little, little kids and their poor little guts. We see more and more obesity in kids and distension and bloating and constipation that I believe is setting them up for ultimately brain chemistry and learning disorders, brain chemistry imbalances and learning disorders. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really well said. And I think, um, I really like what you said about the packaged foods. I think one of the craziest things that, um, the preservatives that, that is creeping into our organic, really clean foods, almond milks and coconut milks and things like that is citric acid and citric acid is mold and corn based. That's how they make it. Most people think it comes from lemons and limes, but I mean, and you know, I mean, I know that you do a lot with mold. And so, you know, as well as I do, like that is so dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mold toxicity, you know, there's one thing to be in a house with mold and you're being exposed to it. That's a big deal. And, and your levels could be very high, but over time they could also get high from eating these things over and over. And it's on our foods and it's, you know, in packaged foods and it's, yeah, definitely can, can also affect the immune system, the brain chemistry, all of it. Ultimately look for those things. Yeah. And that can affect the IQ. So of a child, there's a big connection between brain and gut. Most of our brain chemicals are made in the gut lining, serotonin, dopamine, the majority of them are made in our gut and then they go to our brain. So if the gut's inflamed, if it's not able to digest things, if it's, you know, fighting chemicals and trying to, you know, get those out of the body, it's going to cause ultimately leaky gut and and an inflammation. And then the body can't regulate your brain chemicals when it's inflamed like that. And then, and then we see ADD, ADHD. I really think a lot of that has to do with our food. Food. And, and you said, you know, leaky gut as well, correct. Um, that has a lot to do with that as well. So do you want to just dive into that a little bit, what you see with full-blown, uh, brain chemistry disorders, as well as leaky gut? Yeah. So we, we see a lot of kids come in with ADD, ADHD, anxiety at young as age is like seven. It breaks my heart. Um, depression, especially the last two years with what's been going on with the world, teenagers with depression, all the way from social anxiety and don't want to leave their house to as deep as things is like harming themselves, like cutting. And that's all brain chemical issues. And so we do a couple things when they come in, we run their brain chemistry through a urine test. So it'll tell us the levels of, um, dopamine, serotonin, GABA, these things that we need to correct. 
which we could give the precursors for. We can give things like 5-HTP to up serotonin. And that's only going to help so much. We have to address the core root problem, which is the definition of functional medicine, right? Finding and fixing the core root problem. And that traces back to the gut. So people say sometimes, hey doc, I came in for, you know, I brought my child in for focus issues. Why are we changing diet and doing, you know, L-glutamine, some gut powders or aloe vera or whatever it is that we decide that the child needs to heal the gut. And I have to stop and explain what leaky gut is and, and the gut brain connection. So if the gut is inflamed long enough or it has um, parasites, bacteria, a whole nother topic that can cause constipation also, um, it can, it can inflame the gut, which will eventually thin the lining. So the gut should have all this good flora, microvilli, probiotics, prebiotics, enzymes, as it's inflamed, as it's working harder, as it has toxins, like the, like products with mold in it, food dyes, preservatives, it, it can wear down that lining and thin it. And, and eventually it could be ulcerative, right? Like it can burn a hole in the gut lining and Western medicine really doesn't recognize it till it's ulcerative. We like to catch it much sooner in leaky gut where things can just leak through the gut lining through these little junctions that should be really tight, look like this. And so things that the body should recognize as intruders, as bad stuff, it should flush it through your bowels and only absorb nutrients through, through these little junctions. But when it thins, bad things can get through, including preservatives, dyes, and that can settle and that can get into your whole system, including your brain and cause lots of inflammation, learning disorders, issues there and constipation. If the body's, you know, not properly pulling the right things out and keeping the right things, it absolutely can, can stop the production of, of proper bowel movements, 100%. So what we do is we call it healing and sealing the gut. We, we have to remove inflammatory foods. Um, that's things like processed sugar, gluten, dairy, nightshades. Not that I think nightshades are unhealthy and even nuts, they just take a lot of energy from the gut to break down and we're trying to heal it. So we're trying to take the pressure off. So then we, then we put in different nutrients, amino acids, things that can heal probiotics, prebiotics that can heal the gut. But if we don't take away those inflammatory foods, it's like putting gasoline on a fire. We're trying to put out, <laughs> it's just keeping, you get stuck in this inflamed situation. And yeah, if you're not pooping, you're not healing. So many people struggle with bloating, bowel issues, brain fog, fatigue. You might not even have any gut issues, but did you know the cause of it could be food sensitivities or gut infections? What I have done is I have brought a talented functional nutritionist into my practice. We have very similar training in the nutritional world. And her name is Alexis Appleberry. She is awesome. So you can head on over to our website, Alt ALT FAM FAM Med MED, and have a consultation with her and schedule so that she can help you get to the root cause of your problems. And that's like really important because if you're doing all this die off, if you find, say, parasitic infection on a stool test, if you find a SIBO infection and they're not pooping when you're doing the die off, I mean, that's dangerous and they're going to feel terrible. Now you're just, now you're just really, for lack of a better word, ticking off these bugs, <laughs> stirring them up and not getting them out. You're absolutely right. And, and let me tell you, you feel bad. You look bad. You feel bad. We see gas bloating circles under the eyes, acne, because the stuff's trying to get out. 
right? And so the quickest, fastest way for the body to get rid of toxins, infections um, is through the skin. The optimal way is dumping it into the bowels and you know the liver and it comes out optimally that way if everything's working properly. Otherwise, yeah, it tries to come out other ways. And then your mood is not good. <laughs> you feel bad. If you're not, honestly, if you're not pooping, you're not happy. <laughs> your brain chemistry is not balanced. You're probably irritable, um, moody, mood swings, the whole thing. Right. And, and nobody wants to feel like that. So, so we've talked about some of the causes we've talked about. It can be gut bugs. It can be, you know, diet. Um, it can be stress, um, which is another one that's a big, uh, contributing factor. So what are some, you know, so a lot of times what I hear from parents is, I think my child goes to the bathroom every day. Do you go to the bathroom every day? And they're like, I mean, I don't know. So what are some signs and symptoms that a parent could pick up that maybe their child could be constipated? Ooh, that, that's, that's a tough one, right? Because you're right. Um, I think I go to the bathroom every day. Yeah. We don't, we don't talk about it. Right. We don't talk about it in our culture. It's almost taboo. And my first thought is open communication. And, you know, I've had little boys that think this is so fun and so funny. Make it, make a stool chart for me every day. What number was it? And we put a little picture of the Bristol stool chart next to the toilet. And if they didn't go, yeah, we need, you know, we need to know that. And of course, sometimes they'll go at school and, and things like that. So I think first is, is open communication. The other is, um, distension, you know, little kids will get this little bloated belly. If they're not going like they definitely, like you can definitely see the bloat. Um, you know, they might be thin and just kind of have this little belly, but also mood. If you're seeing a change in your child's behavior, school focus grades, definitely think brain chemistry and gut and not, and not going skin too. Like I, like I mentioned, if, if it's not coming out through the bowels, toxins, we can't avoid toxins. We live in a toxic world. We've created a world we can barely survive in, honestly. So your child is being exposed to toxins, walking, driving to school, you know, inhaling exhaust, right. That all has to come out through the body, through the lymph, through the bowel. So if you are seeing, and I've seen this lumps and bumps and little specifically where hair doesn't grow. So backs of arms, backs of knees, chest, neck, back, um, these little pustule bumps or even harder acne on an eight-year-old on a 10-year-old think the liver's congested, the bowel's not working, the body's trying to get rid of toxins. Um, and I would also say, you know, things like belching or reflux, if they're constipated, the whole GI tract backs up, look for things like that. You know, a child, you, you mentioned SIBO, a child that sits down and belches five times through a meal definitely is probably having some gut imbalance, most likely constipation. Awesome. That's great. So what about if a child is having like accidents at school? Like, like loose stools or peeing, like, you know, just, I think just can't make it to the bathroom still is having a hard time being potty trained, etc. So what's your feeling on that? I think that's yeah, a that's cause from constipation. I think it could be definitely a, a, there's a lot of thoughts with that. As a chiropractor, my first thought is let's look at your nervous function, your nerve function. Are there nerves that come out of the low back that go to the bowel in balance and alignment? You know, I've definitely seen that. I've seen bedwetting go away with a couple of chiropractic adjustments because the, anytime the spine's misaligned, it puts pressure on the nerve. And if that brain, if the brain can't communicate with that organ properly through the nerve flow, it's kind of like an electrical wire or a garden hose, right? If there's a pinch in it, 
you may not be signaling. So that would be my first, first thought for sure. The next would absolutely be diet and food. You know, if they're constipated, constipated, and eventually you get so much, you know, food and stool in there that it, that it could just come out uncontrollably, definitely look at, at, at diet. And then sometimes stress and nerves, right? Like how many people do you know, have to run to the bathroom right before they step on stage or, you know, or don't go for two days because they've been traveling and then all of a sudden have loose stools when they're in that rest and digest safer space. So all of that could be a factor in matters. So, um, you know, I can assume that parents are out there like, this is my child. So what steps um, are necessary to address this issue? Because my primary care told me to take, told my child to take Miralax. You know, you know it, <laughs> you know, that that's what comes in and, and what we're, what we're addressing. So why don't you cover that? <laughs> yes. I have a child under care right now. And first of all, you know, I'm not anti-Western medicine at all. It's there's a time and a place. So mm-hmm. if we're talking your child, the longest I had a child come in, not have a bowel movement was 13 days. My thought is Yes. Let's go ahead. And sometimes this is necessary. Let's get the imaging. Let's get, let's get the radiology and just make sure there's not a tumor or a blockage or something crazy. Right. If all that's ruled out, which is usually what happens by time they end up in our office, know that fiber Miralax, you know, even these magnesium citrate flushes that, that gastros will recommend isn't fixing or healing the problem. You're just pushing and forcing stool and bowels to come out, right? You're not, you're not actually getting to the core root cause and fixing anything. So for parents, I would say, if you're dependent on something like that, that's a problem. That's not wellness. That's not the body functioning properly. It may be time to take a step back and look at something. You know, I don't like the word alternative because my big goal in life is to make this type of medicine, the first line of defense when the body's dysfunctioning, that if I could, you know, wave a magic wand and everybody's mindset changes, definitely how do we get the body functioning at its most optimal is my wish and dream and perhaps legacy, right? If I can, but if you're not getting anywhere and their solution is give them a cap full of Miralax every night, they're going to poop. Well, yeah, because it's being forced. That's not health and wellness. We need to take a step back. I would say find somebody who's going to run a stool sample is a really good first step. And and I love the stool sample we use is, is GI map is what it's called because it gives us levels of good bacteria. Cause it may not always be a bad infection. It may be that you have low probiotics and then we can find out exactly which probiotic strain needs to be reimplanted. It also tells us fungus, bacteria, worms, um, viruses, candida that could be parasites that could be in there. Also working with somebody who's just had experience with this because there's a thousand million trillion, you know, parasites out there that we don't even have names for. So we certainly aren't testing every single bug that could be in the gut lining, nor do we know every single good bacteria strain that could be in your gut lining. So a lot of it is clinical experience, medical intuition. I'll put somebody through a parasite cleanse, even if the stool test comes back clear, but they have all the symptoms. And I just, you know, know from clinical experience that it's probably parasites. So it may be time for alternative Again, I don't love that word because I want it to be main, the first line of defense mainstream, but it might be time to have to take a look and find somebody who's going to look at it through a different microscope versus here's a symptom, here's the drug or the over-the-counter that matches it, go, versus here's a symptom, why are they not pooping? 
what's going on in that gut lining. Is it diet? Is it stress? Is it leaky gut? Is it SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth where you've got too much of a bad bacteria growing where it shouldn't be. And then address it from there, work backwards from there. And, and again, I'm a big proponent of the trust and the relationship you have with your doctor. And if they're just, you know, throwing something at it and not really digging into the core root cause, it may be time to, to, for lack of a better word, doctor shop and find yeah. somebody who's going to listen. Yeah, I'm with you. We run the GI map as well. And oh, I think that that is like, I, I've found so many things that are just like, whoa. And I, I think what's fascinating about that is it's like most of these people have had problems, you know, people, children, whomever have had problems for years. And it's been, I think my other kind of pet peeve in practice is that, oh, let's just throw supplements at it. Let's just throw supplements at it. And a lot of poor people have been taking supplements for years for their gut problems. And it's like, well, what's really going on? Like, I'm still having problems after seven years of doing supplements. So I think like, it also goes the other way of like, you know, too much supplementation and too much just fixing the symptoms basically on either, either end. Yeah. Taking high doses of magnesium just to poop is really not much different than taking Miralax, right? We're still not fixing it. Sometimes it's needed because again, if you let that stuff ferment and rot in there for a few days, it's going to cause other damage and inflammation. Right. Sometimes it's needed as we figure out and fix what's, what's the, what the problem is. But I think it really comes down to finding the right practitioner. That's going to, you know, walk hand in hand with you and, and dig in. And I mean, quite frankly, do their job and figure out what's actually wrong. I also remind patients is whether your insurance company is paying them or you're paying out of pocket, they work for you. And if you're not getting the results and they're not digging in and they're not trying to figure out why they're not a good fit. Yeah. So anything else we should add about the gut and constipation? You know, I think, I think another big miss is, um, sleep and hydration. I kind of okay. mentioned those three things also matter for gut and, um, we don't just drink water. Water isn't probably my go-to for hydration. And, and that, that sounds controversial, right? Um, water is more about flushing. It does hydrate some, but it more flushes minerals. We are so deficient in minerals in this country because of our lack of food supply, right? We're not all eating organic. The soil isn't as mineral rich, rich and dense. So oftentimes for, for constipation, I start by putting somebody on like a, a liquid mineral, um, the one I like a lot is CT minerals from Cellcor, and I just have them add that to their water. It's a little bit of a taste, but it's not horrible. So hydration, but also with hydration minerals or the quicker, cheaper way is putting a tiny pinch of sea salt, mineral salt, not table white salt, but like Celtic salt, sea salt into your water because the minerals help carry the water into the cell wall. And that's where the cells get hydrated. And again, our food supply, and if you're eating out of a package, you're sure is not absorbing a lot of those minerals that were added. We need minerals that are naturally in your food and then sleep. Sleep is where the body rebuilds, rejuvenates the cells rebuild. I say, if you're not getting six hours of uninterrupted sleep, your cells aren't, you're not healing. Your cells don't have that time to rebuild. So your, your gut lining may never heal if you don't rest and, and rest and digest and give it time to heal. Absolutely. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Yeah. So my personal handle is Dr. Tanisha. 
um, D-R-T-E-N-E-S-H-A. And our clinic is Infinity Wellness ATEX. ATEX is short for Austin, Texas. So Infinity Wellness ATEX and all the handles and um, it'll take you to our website and all of our blogs and our podcasts and all the information. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for allowing me to spread the word. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.